The beard <laughs> pop filter. This is built in. That's bro, a bio man. pop filter. Bro, right. <laughs> yo, Ali, let me tell you, man. Oh, hold I'm, on, hold on. Yo, we we live, and then you can tell them. Yo, this is the Beat People podcast. We live right now. Uh, yo, I'm episode 61. I got the crew in the spot. Ali, D. Still, Ken yeah. Flux Beards, and me, B-Boy Tech. So uh, what up, fellas? Man, yo, yo. This show is going to be a hot mess. <laughs> yo, I'm getting tired of my beard, dog. The other morning. What? No, check this out. Not like the regular beard. Like, it's getting to the place where, like, I haven't been to a barbershop. So, yo, like, the lineup is not, not good, yo. Look, bro, I have to go every week. If I don't go every week, I feel like baby Chewbacca. No, dude. I feel, <laughs> dude, I feel the same way. And bro, the other day I was washing my face. I remember I, I just got up. I went. I washed my face. I looked up in the mirror, and I was like, "Yo, I look like Tom Hanks in Castaway, yo." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was, it was bad. No, so why you gotta have your own clippers just for those days? You just do a little That's lineup. Right. You know uh, what I'm saying? No, nah, I don't trust myself, man. I, I feel like I'll shave my eyebrow off by mistake. Like. <laughs> At least I'll be home. I ain't going nowhere. But actually, uh, that's why I stopped wearing a, 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 a stop letting my mustache grow. I was going to work one day. It was years, years ago, and I was shaving just before, and uh, zoop, one side, and I was like, <laughs> I had to cut the whole thing, and go to work. So that is sense. Yeah, man, it's good to see y'all. Good to talk to y'all. It's been crazy out here in these, know, in these wild streets. Yeah. Planet. I've been ghosting Planet. a little bit, you know, just taking care of stuff, you know? No, I feel you. Swallowing microphones. <laughs> man, is, is that better? Is, yeah, it's, that's much better. All right, cool. Let's go. Like... You can't hear you, huh? <laughs> no, I'm okay. good. I can Okay, cool, cool. Well, yeah, what you been into, man? Tell us tell us about because you, uh, you've been doing some dope stuff. Tell us about that joint you did in February, the, the festival you went over to. Yeah, so uh, it was the uh, Uncloud Festival in uh, Utrecht. Yeah, I had to figure out how to say it right. You know, I didn't want to be saying it like American Utrecht, you know? <laughs> nah, dog, I would have I been 100% American over there. Let me get a cheeseburger and a Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was, uh, it was really dope. The festival was super cool. There was, all right, so... It was this old, like, mental institution prison, right? Wow. And it was, it was, uh, yeah, (laughs) it was active up until like a year ago, right? So the show just closed, like, the, the, you know, the CCTV system was still in place, or, you know, they did some hacks and, like, connected the whole CCTV, uh, you know, network, and then they put it on all of these monitors. It was, And this was just, like, one of the exhibitions, right? So, in yeah. a whole bunch of the prison cells, there were, like, all these different exhibitions of people's artwork and, like, really dope stuff, right? Yeah. And then uh, the big, uh, there was this hall or it was like the gym gymnasium and that's kind of where we performed it, it was three wow. of us it was uh they it was uh they ain't trying to keep you in there though nah it, it was really wild you know it, it, it was a wild place to be and then like you know we ate food in the kitchen and it was like the prison kitchen and oh, it was man. wild yeah <laughs> Yo, it was, glad, it was really cool though you did because yeah, yeah. 
we that wouldn't want you to be sound, over there by yourself. Like, we're just going to keep this one. That's going to sound like a gangster amusement park. <laughs> gangster Yo, you, brought, you brought your wife over, didn't you? It was, uh, nah, it was just me and Aaron. Oh, okay. And, I uh, went too. Yeah, I was going to say, like, man, that's like, that's baby, we, go, we, we go into Europe. Except. Hey, it was cool. <laughs> you know, I was with the homie Allard. You know, I was with the homie Allard. So, you know. Alice, the homie, I know he wouldn't put me in any danger, you know. That's so we was good. all good. Y'all, y'all, y'all scared over there. I'm in Europe all the time, man. Like, I, I get it. No, you paint a, a wild picture of it, though, man. It sounds like a horror flick for beats. That's yeah. more like something that I would do than you would do. <laughs> yeah, and then like, yeah, the whole setup was really, really cool, though. You know, uh. I remember the sound man, Mike, he was real, real cool. You know what I'm saying? Had, had everything sounding real crispy and, nice. you know, uh, they had a nice live feed. Uh, yeah, everything was set up really, really nice, man. It was it was just a good time. And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun over there, actually. Nope. Played That's the wild. set. You know, I was pretty happy with how, how the set came out. You know, uh, I, I kind of had it set up so that, there was like the least points of failure, you know what I mean? So it, it worked it, out was well. It the, was it the same sort of setup that we that you had when we did the uh NAM joint in January? Yep, yep. So I, I did I used that same setup and then I just added like maybe like eight more joints to it to, to that to that set that I had bro, and then I bro, played eight out more for joints. About an hour. You had like twenty four joints in there already, didn't you? Yeah. So in total <laughs> I made like thirty six joints. <laughs> <laughs> Off of that wow. one patch. Wow, that's, that's dope. dope though. That's really so, good. so I'm glad you mentioned that. Tell us, tell us a, a bit about how you ended up um, using the voltage block like a preset manager. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of had an idea. Like, all right, I need every time the beat switches, I want it to sound different. I don't want everything to be like the same voice. You know what I mean? So with voltage block, you got eight channels. And I used it like unclocked, right? And uh, I just used the save state. So if you hit save and then like button one, it saves to, you know, state one. And you got 16 of those states. Yep. Mm. So uh, on my set, I was literally just looking at my MPC when the beat, you know, when I, when I switched to the next sequence. And then uh, I would just look on the MPC and be like, all right. And kind of like time it, hit recall. And if I was going to sequence five, I would hit recall five, boom. And it would just change the voice over to where I needed it to be. That's and I just needed to do a, a couple little tweaks, you know what I mean, uh, on the filters and stuff like that. And then, yeah, it just had a whole different vibe. So that's kind of <laughs> how, I, how I did it. So, but I mean, some of the beats had to end up using some of the same presets at some point, right? Because you got... For the, do the math 16 presets and yeah. 39 million beats <laughs> right so i played a total of 15 joints mm -hmm. okay and it took an hour so i had one more slot open there and that go. one last up. slot right that one last slot was actually used for another beat so i had two i was kind of using two for that one beat switching between them oh, so I, I kind of filled them up, you know what I mean? That's what's up. That's really it, dope, how man. How did it uh, transport and everything over there? How did that go? Did you have any issue with that? Did you feel like anything was out of whack or like 
Was it all Man, pretty seamless? No, nah, it was all pretty seamless. Okay, so the only thing, the only module that was my biggest issue was the STO because that knob on there is really like loose. It, it doesn't have no tension to it at all. So I just had, I made a, I put a little uh, sticker on there and I made a, a little like line kind of in the general area of where it needed to be. And then re really when I got to the spot, I was going to, I was going to use my phone as a tuner with the speaker, but Mike, the audio engineer, he was like, uh, that's sharp. Uh, no, no, come back down some. Yep. Oh, he told oh, you to use your tuner. Yeah. <laughs> he heard it for me. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's probably one of those dudes that just, you know, has, has perfect pitch. Either that yeah. or he's got a tuner on the desk. Or, yeah, either that or he's No, yeah, he, he was standing next to me. Now. He was, no, nah, he, was, he was standing next to me. He was oh, like, yeah, nice. uh, no, you know, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that that ear training is, is is something that man, I'm actually practicing that a lot now being stuck at the house. I'm just playing yeah. stuff and learning how to like um like I'm pretty I'm pretty okay at it now. I'm not amazing, but picking out sharpness and flatness, like really I do easy. it when I'm driving. Um like I have uh I have to send you guys a link, um, and I'll see if I can throw it in the description after the show. But I've got this um, there, there's a few different things that I did. One, there's a um, there's an app that's great for it, um, and you can you can actually tell when like it's an ear training app. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's another thing that I do is there's a couple of YouTube videos that are for ear training, and yeah, like a lot of the times when I'm just like driving and brain is kind of off, like that's what I'll do, like because yeah, that's invaluable, man. And, and I find that a lot of people that that I don't like their music of, to be perfectly honest with you, like lack that simple ability, like to, to well, just like simple to, though. To, to tell. Well, no, you don't have to be dead on with the notes necessarily with, with what I'm saying, but you should be able to tell when something is flat or sharp in relative to other sounds in your mix. Mm -hmm. And right. a lot of the times I've, I've noticed that the people that, like turn me off pretty quickly are the people who can't tell that like and you know there's one th it's one thing to have dissonance that is intentional it's another thing to have unintentional dissonance yeah that's called being out of tune yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, there's a difference yo. between dissonance and out of tune right yo, yeah out of tune is messed up dissonance is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you something he said me and it's going to be an attitude. Yes, you're yo, right. <laughs> yo, check this out. Me, me and M Simp all week, all, all I do to get on his nerves is send him text messages of of Instagram videos that I find of people that have auto-tune 808s to their beat. Right? <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, yo, the beat is dope, but the baseline is just off because they can't hear the frequency in the low end. Mm -hmm. And yo, that makes me laugh so hard. I don't know if something being sharp and flat is just comedy to me. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like, this is funny. Um, so. It's funny because, like, when I first started playing guitar, um, you know, and, and, you know, I played by ear. I just picked it up. I was in a punk band kind of thing. So a lot of the times I was tuning my guitar, and what I didn't realize is, like, I would be, like, a whole octave out of key. Like, I'd just be way, way off scale. And, um, but as long as you're there, you're there. Like, you can be you know, in a whole other octave, but at least you're, you're in tune. And a lot of people, man, 
they just you can tell that you can tell the people who've never spent time just trying to tune something period you know ken uh two days ago i was watching jacob collier's live stream of him uh creating music live in his studio and he 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 has perfect pitch he did this thing yeah. where he was singing harmonies and then he pointed at one harmony he's like oh that's 18 cents off oh i was like what wait mm -mm. wait a minute Alien. 18 cents I was like, how did you know that? And then on top of that, with him recording at least 50 layers of everything. Yeah, but yeah. he's an alien. And let's be honest, like half the time he's doing things that are just like beyond the casual listener's conception of, of what they're even hearing. So it's like, yeah. he can, I'll, I'll say this. I I really like his music, but the times that I'll get irritated, um, and there's a few artists that will do this, not just um, in harmony wise, but in technical ability wise and other things where people can reach a certain level to where they're so good at something that they're just doing things to interest themselves at yeah. this point. Yeah. And <laughs> the casual listener falls away. Like there's certain mm. modular artists that do this kind of stuff. And you're just like, it's oh, certain, all like kinds noise. of musicians that and do that. Like, well, oh, yeah. They hear all these intricacies uh, because they built it up and they've got all these like 50 billion layers of this modulating that. And I like how this sounds because this is doing this to this. And then, you know, some of those, some of those harmonies that I hear him do, I'm like, man, like you've got like six extra notes that if you took those away, I feel like it would just be a little more pleasant to the casual listener. Yeah. But Simplicity I, is key sometimes. Yo. Yeah, I mean, well, having, having like, led a couple really of bands. I, I feel like simplicity is key in specific genres. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and when you're getting into these this crazy heady jazz space and that sort of thing, yeah, it's like there's no rules. that's what's interesting about it, you know. But but it's like it's all it's almost like I like y'all know, and it stays internally with our group chat. But when I be saying there's certain dudes that they mod their modulation be sounding like a forest of bugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, they're those guys are brilliant at what they're doing, but at a certain point, it's not music anymore. Yeah, and you know, I had to learn to keep that stuff in check with, uh, I've led a couple of bands with, when I first moved to LA and when I was living in Chicago, I had bands that I led and like, that's a big thing. Like sometimes musicians get so into themselves that they could lose the sight of the bigger picture. Uh, drummers, especially. We are the worst. Not the time for all of that. I'm trying to get these folks these bars. <laughs> you <laughs> like, like the drum solo. Yeah, we are the worst. Yeah. No, so ba bass and drums, because yeah. like, what happens with bass is like uh, the bass player ultimately has control of the harmonic structure of the song. Mm. If, he, if he flips, the inversion of his chord that he's playing it's a it's a different joint yeah you know right. so it's like like that's why i always say don't diss the bass player because he could change all the chords <laughs> in the song like, you, 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 and you know another thing the dynamics too yeah. uh when you got to realize that you're playing with other people you got the dynamics to compete with and you want to protect the the vocalist vocal chords from having to yell or you know whatever it might be it's a uh, People get off on those tangents and mess everything up, man. That, and then, you know, you'd be looking at it like, really? The listener don't even care at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that, well, that brings that brings up a topic, Corey, that I've been thinking of a lot about. Like, just people online ragging about gear that other people use. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, 
yo, if I had, if if I was doing my stuff with no video and the result was still the same, would you care? Nobody would care because listen, uh, uh, Mad Lib and and uh, Dilla made a lot of stuff with a lot of stuff that people don't talk about because yep. of cool stuff. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it, it, they didn't make yeah. everything they made with MPC 60s and molds. It was a right. lot of of like machines and, and iPads and all kinds of stuff in there. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm with you, man. Like when I'm creating and I and I'm hanging with a friend and they pull out like some like rinky dink piece of gear and blow my mind with it i'm like way more into it i'm like mm -hmm. that's amazing like oh you did yep. that with a pocket operator oh you did that yeah. with like a yeah. sp808 ex like the pink wait wait don't like, wait that sp808 i i like that joint though well yeah i mean it's it can do crazy shit like i i bring it up because i got a friend of mine joey juggernauts and and he always makes crazy bangers on that thing mm -hmm. and it's just such an off-kilter odd oddball kit but he's been rocking that thing for like 20 years Yo, like and i love jam. that thing man and that um yeah, I mean the pink joint with it with the little uh four track recorder mm -hmm. built into it and all that yeah that thing Yo. Cool. Always but said yeah, like, it's I, not I about the gear; that. it's I get about so you. When somebody, yep. yeah, yep. I got I got friends of mine that rock like just like an old MPC and um or even the uh the SP six hundred six that was a slept on one too. But um, I mean, that, look, no, bro, SCR, no, we, no, with the VCR well, you got, is there is there crate? You got oh. people making dope dub tracks off like. Twenty-two dollar pawn shop keyboards, like yeah. mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like yo, running back it in through the day, some effects. And <laughs> it's true. Back in the day, I had a homeboy. He he kept a little raggedy Casio keyboard. Or, right. You know, I don't even. It was kind of like what you go by the at literally at Toys R Us, and he had mm -hmm. a MPC two thousand, and he would make stuff on there. He would just sample the crap out of all kinds of stuff on there, and yeah. it was that was a point. He didn't even have drum. Or uh, he didn't even have uh, uh, pedals or anything like that. It was just he would run it through a board or he would, you know, whatever little stuff he had. Yeah. And put it in that MPC filter and, and make programs. And, and, people that, and, and that's know. what I was going to say, Corey. The, the, fact that if, if, the fact that anything can be sampled and filtered, mm -hmm. once it can be sampled and filtered, it doesn't matter what you made it on now yep. it comes to the point of manipulation like now yep. how yeah. do you manipulate it in the sampler and that's yep. where the character comes out because the filter on this one is different than the filter on this joint so that's where things start to the line yep. blur a little bit but it still yep. doesn't matter i'd argue that i get more bored with the people that are using the same shit that everybody else is using yeah i'm, I'm on that too i'm more excited when i find out like oh joe schmo's rocking a beat thing or Joe mm -hmm. Schmoo's rocking, you know, whatever else it is. Like, some, I feel some, like you're talking about St. Joe. And I, I don't, yeah, yeah, he's, he's talking about St. Joe. You keep saying Joe Schmoo. I did see, I I did see like Joe you. in here, so I have to throw him. <laughs> hey, hey, Joe, you're new. No, B-Dang is dope, though. Hey, Joe, you're new. Hey, Joe, your new last name is Schmo. Schmo. Hey, <laughs> <Saint> Joe Schmo. <laughs> Joe Schmo. But, yo, for real, like, it, it's one thing when, like, everybody's using the same piece of gear in the spot, and you're just like, oh, okay, another person on this. Mm. But I'm, like, I'm way more interested. Like, I used to go to this spot, and this this kid was rocking the uh the MC 909. And he was the only dude yeah. I knew that had a 909. And in hip hop yeah. circles, that wasn't that common. In techno circles, they were everywhere. Yeah. But I was like, 
Dude, I was like, tell me everything. Yo, yo, Ken, <laughs> yo, check this out. My first experience with the MCMA 909 was the same way. I was studying at IAR, Institute of Audio Research in New York, right? And I walked in with my MV8000. And this other dude walks in with his MC909. I'm like, yo, what's that? And he's like, oh, you don't know about this? And we realized hmm. that they had the same brain in them. Like, a hmm. lot of it was, like, the same the same component, just different form factor. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, dude, like, the vinyl emulation on that thing. Yeah. There's so many, like, crazy weird things about that. But it also had limitations that made you Definitely. want to, like, punch yourself in the head. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you learn to work around them if, if that's yeah, your job. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I'm saying is, is like, yep. it would... It would have it. It would create this different palette to paint on, and then you know, so so the people would go to that and and do their thing, and you would sa- end up sounding different from everybody else. And mm-hmm. I love that. Yo, Ken, I got a homie that has a dedicated Windows XP computer just wow. to use just to use with his VSynth. I'm gonna judge him. I'm not judging. Oh, but because of his Windows, I'm judging Roland right now. Like, yo, that V synth is dope. How come you drop support? Yeah, 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 man. That's that's real. Ken, I have a question. Has Roland ever rolled out that technology in something else? I don't know if they put it in the cloud. Um, Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of that stuff is in other is in other things, but it's not. I think the thing about the V synth is like the whole kit and caboodle together of what it was and the way yeah. that you controlled it and all of that because i know like the d50 card from it is in other things yeah. and i know like the vocalizer card is and i know um that the the sampling technology is in other products from roland but it's the way that it was all put together in that thing it it still makes many of us lust and many of us still look at the v synth as like roland's last great like really interesting digital synth you know i like, loved it like they that and i'm not knocking the system one and, and system eight or nothing but like they're not and the the what is it the new jupiters and all that stuff they're all cool but they're all doing va whereas that thing was like do it did va but it was doing its own sample manipulation craziness that yeah, that thing's dope. Like, Yo, Inky, Inky just brought up something interesting. She's like, mm-hmm. she's the UK techno girl. We, we like that with the MPC. So when I was watching the rollout of the MPC X, I was wondering why, like, there was a lot of EDM and, like, techno dudes doing, like, a lot of the promotion of the MPC X when it was first being rolled out. And it makes a lot of sense that in the UK, they're, they're doing a lot of that music on the MPC. Like... In America, there was a lot of hip hop on an MPC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and you know another another product that I find is really crazy like that is when you look at DJing um, and Tractor versus Serato. Yeah, man, it's like two totally different worlds. Yeah, and it's like you get outside of the U.S. and Tractor is huge. Yeah, and you but you come into the U.S. and it's all like the U.S. is driven by hip hop yes. and yeah. pop. Whereas you get outside of the U.S. and you've got all these other genres of of electro and and techno and and yeah. EDM, and the two cultures like are deeply dividing over Serato versus Tractor. Like that's mm-hmm. crazy to me. For me, is whatever sounds good. That's Tractor. It. Is, it is. I I get upset because like I personally really like Tractor. Um, like you, I, and I'm talking and I'm talking DVS. I'm talking DVS. Oh, okay. Like I'm talking about vinyl um 
like vinyl versus oh you lost me you lost me there (laughs) well no i actually like i like to scratch no no i know i'm just saying my back i ain't trying to carry no 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 more vinyl or even look no yeah yeah well yeah i mean just carrying the 1200s alone is heavy compared to to a controller but i've still yet to find a controller that really made me as happy as a 1200 with it with a digital vinyl solution um you gotta try those new uh what's it called the, the phase the phase joints yeah but yeah you still gotta carry your 1200 i know but still you know although although i would say that combined with like that technics cd player or the even the new mark but even the new mark one was heavy as hell if you remember that the CD. all of this is heavy though that's what i was just gonna say all dj stuff is heavy as hell i like the denon joints the the denon like s3500 and up like those ones the denon series uh joints with the spinning platter on them they're pretty nice to cut on but um and and honestly the CDJ, the Pioneer CDJs, I love scratching on those things, but it's totally different from vinyl. Like, the type of scratches you get on those are different. Like, your hand movement, everything about it, your scratches end up sounding different from vinyl, but it's still dope. Like, it's dope right. in a different way. Mm. Uh, what are we all doing to stay creative? Tips for beat makers. So hardcore LSD? No, no <laughs> well, but the so the reason I bring this up is because obviously everywhere you look, there's coronavirus talk, and everybody's on lockdown, and we all in our cribs, and it seems like every DJ on Earth is on live streaming, which is unusual. Like I look at the top of my Instagram, and it's all live, 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 right? But it doesn't matter where you go. Like even if you go to your social media feed, everybody's talking about you know either some sort of conspiracy theory, some sort of fear-mongering, or some sort of political jargon, and a bunch of stuff going on. But you know what I find? 432 hertz does not cure coronavirus. I'm just going to tell you now. (laughs) You know, you have to test that first. But I'm I'm just curious to see what people are doing to stay creative and what kind of tips we could give folks, maybe just to kind of inspire them to stay creative during this period, since you're at home anyway. Starting point. Uh, One thing, one tip that I would say is like, change your starting point when it comes to creating. Mm. If you always start on drums, don't start on drums. Start with the keys. And when you when you start on keys, you'll realize either I'm trash at keys or I'm good at keys, and then that'll motivate you to learn more keys while you start. Well, I got all this. I love it. That, that's practical and it makes sense. It makes like, man, all my, sense. Man, my keys are trash. <laughs> you know what's interesting, though, is I find that if I, if I create, for me, for something on Eurorack, if I create melodies, I can typically create melodies on Eurorack that I wouldn't be able to play. Mm-hmm. But then I can create, you know, I can start playing around those melodies to create certain nuances and it'll force me to play stuff on the keys that I wouldn't typically yeah. even approach. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it'll it'll have me trying to figure out the progression or the, the notes and all that kind of stuff. So that's a that's a good tip. That that's why I'm obsessed with granular synthesis right now. Yeah. Because that gives me results that I just can't come up with on any instrument. I've been watching you do your gran- granular stuff because granular synthesis to me is one of those things where um I want to love it and I don't nearly as much as what I want to. Cause like, I love the idea of it 
and I love the the intricacy and like all the little weird crap you can do with it. Mm-hmm. But I tend to not love it, like how it actually ends up the results. Well, um, is it because it sounds snary to you? So you need a filter or something? It de- so it depends on the use case, um, because in so when you use granular in a delay type world. That can be kind of cool, but that just like ends up sounding like reverb to me. When you start doing polyphonic things with it, yeah, it, it just it sounds like a mess to me. To be yeah, yeah. So Ken, this is this is one thing that I've been doing a lot with granular stuff. I I haven't been using it in a traditional way with reverb or delay. What I've been doing is I've been using it with distortion. Okay. Yeah. Because what I'm doing is um, because to me this is how I think about granular. It's like alien sampling. That's all it is. It's like yeah, well, yeah. I I look at it as like just super small snippets of sound, yeah. and then you know, because because a lot of us used to do the tricks of like turning snares into synthesizers mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. That's how I tend to approach it. Exactly. Same mentally. here. Sa- same here. But I, instead of me running it through reverb or delay, I run that shit through fuzz and like mm. and yeah, and, I never use fuzz. Okay. So, but, but because what I'm doing is I like to I like to add harmonics to the sound. Yeah, that's that because granular sometimes ends up sounding thin and wimpy, and I'm like, nah, this joint need a booty. Let me run this joint through fuzz. <laughs> yeah, let me let me run this joint through fuzz and through overdrive and through uh, an octaver and crazy stuff, and then then I start getting a sound that I'm like, oh, I can chop this up in another sampler mm-hmm. after I run it through granular. So that's why Nebula um, is always in my rack, and I'm running that through like a bunch of distortion, and that's just great. See, like, that's that's one of the things that that I kind of um, tend to see people using granular for a lot is like pad sounds, and and they want to like make these wishy washy sounds with them, and I'm like, eh. But yeah, I I haven't really I don't tend to use too much distortion with granular like that. So that maybe that'll be something that I'll try. But I have a feeling that when All I right. do that, it's gonna be more about like less about the specific sound and the idea of the sound. You know what I mean? So so Ken, check this out. Experiment I did the other night: double helix into Nebula, right? Okay. So create like a dirty ass sound in like double helix, and then sample that into nebula and it sounds identical right once you yeah. sample it but then you start to do the pitch shifting and the time shifting which is now, are un- you doing are you doing a, a longer drone sound or are you doing a plucked double helix sound no i'm doing like a like a baseline like boom, 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 okay. boom, boom, boom. so when you start when you start down sampling it and slowing it down and changing the pitch of it it starts getting that warbly yeah um that warbly alias kind of like shitty sampler sound Mm-hmm. And I love that. And then running that through like distortion and after that running it through reverb. Now we're getting into like, oh, this feels like it has feelings. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, because granular in general is like, it's just one of those things where I feel like, so beyond iPad, right, and a few very specific plugins. I don't feel like anybody's really done granular and hardware the way that I would like to see it. Now, the tasty, uh, tasty chips one, I haven't messed with, so I can't really. It's nice. On that. It's nice, Ken. I, 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 I play with it for a little bit, and it was the first time that I was like, "Oh man, they actually made it tactile, like granular." Yeah, because that's that's the thing about it is like I love on iPad where you can like you can like 
you know, pinch it in and, and yeah. get your section and all that thing. Because for, for me, like granular, if I'm doing that, I love, I do love the scrubbing sound of granular where yes. you're getting, like I use reactor a lot for my granular mm-hmm. stuff. And what I like to do is I like to scrub through a waveform and have it picking and choosing like all these kind of random little bits that are just kind of sparsely hitting and then scrub through the track like that. And that's when I get some really fun stuff. I like to, I tend to sample things that are more um, atmospheric and Mm -hmm. uh, like if I'm like, uh, I've got samples of, of where I was like blowing on these metal pipes um, in a factory and they're like really, really long. So it's just like this deep bellowy sound. Oh, you ain't right. <laughs> hey, listen. Yo. I knew the risk. Yo, I was thinking the same thing and I'm like, I'm going to stay shy. I knew the risk and I'd said it anyway. But the point is, like these sounds are like really, yeah. really like interesting atmospheric sounds on their own. But then when you start scrubbing through them granular, you know, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I'm, I'm like 12 years old right now. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, I just want to tell you uh, another thing about staying creative. Just real quickly is um, my son is five years old, and mm-hmm. he has discovered the joy that is saying "but" before and after every word, and. If that doesn't keep you creative, I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, that's great. What is this? Oh, is that the beat cam? You gotta make it, you gotta bring it up, man. There it is. Yo, what I was gonna say is uh, about the, before we do this, I wanted to actually bring us up to show this. God, that right? looks oh, yeah. like candy. Yeah. 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 The thing about it is what's so dope is that if you get uh the like forms, the granular app, (laughs) that you can use this with MIDI to make it more tactile. That's probably will work out for most people. So Yeah, that's that's dope. dope. That's dope. Corey, have you tried to MIDI CC that to your force? Uh not yet, actually. I've been playing I've been playing a lot with different MIDI things lately. So hold on, is that one Bluetooth? No. What's going on with that? What do you mean? I didn't see any wires. Oh no, I'm not using it right now. Oh, I'm just okay. I, th- I thought you were using that now. I was like, oh, like what's going on now? <laughs> no. Oh, that's live. Hey, you you got the new new setup. Oh, we're facing. Oh, that's yeah. live right now. B cam. B cam. B cam. B cam, man. So, so the thing is, because since we're on all kind of locked down, I was trying to figure out a way to do uh, live podcast, which is you were doing the music year or doing a music set. And you better so turn it down. I can't hear you. So I wanted to experiment with ways to do a live, uh, uh, maybe gear review or beat set. And so I uh, basically just kind of did this where I can kind of pull this up and see that stuff. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. For on the on the subject of uh, staying creative, um, I you know I second D Steel on saying start at a different point, and also just try something new. Like if you're yeah. always trying to make the same thing, like it gets boring and like repetitive. So you know, try a new genre that you haven't tried before. Try 
new you tempo. Know, yeah, new tempo. Uh, yeah, just a whole new vibe, you know? Yeah. Time divisions. And That's where I have signatures. most fun, you know? Like, just not trying to, like, replicate something or something like that. Just trying to come up with that kind of vibe that you get from, a, like, different music. Uh, no, that's kind of did what I did. That's kind of what I did with that last beat on my set, that dub joint. I was like, man, I want to do something different. You know what I mean? So I just started like with some different kind of sounds. I didn't start with the normal hip hop drum kit. I started with some percussion sounds and I found some like uh, bongos and stuff like that. And I played it and I was like, oh, that sounds dope. Let me see what, what goes on top of that. Yeah. And that turned into a damn dub track, you know? Yeah, yeah I'm watching Ken. Right now, and, and he's like, he's about to show something. He's probably going to travel 50 feet to go show me. <laughs> all the way to the back of his room. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm, oh, let me show you something. He has to take a segue all the way to the back of the room. Like, hey, guys. Hey, you guys. Check out my roads. Yo, you need like seven cameras set up in there. Yeah, man. He needs. Yo, you just need to mount GoPros all over your room and put them into a video mixer and send that's that. That's actually I, what I'm working on right now. Oh, and okay. That's literally what I was getting ready to do oh. just now is I'm unscrewing and mounted these pipes to my ceiling. Oh, the same pipe? The same pipes from before? The same metal pipe? God damn it. <laughs> So obsessed with metal pipes, I don't understand. So, so you know, I got a, another thing too. The something that kind of keeps me inspired is, you know, you, you said changing the sounds, but even if you're doing the same genre, change your drum kits, change, mm -hmm. yeah. go and do something else. Like <clears throat> it always, it, it always had or change the way you program things if you yeah. if you're using electron gear you could use things like uh trig locks and probability and stuff like you you'd be amazed just what small things make a yo, difference you know what I've, i mean yo i've been making drum beats with probability lately man oh my goodness it, and it's, it's so a whole different vibe yeah it's like it's where you want it to be every once in a while and yeah. after that it's just it's like evolving randomly like dropping and giving a drop step or yep. like yep. hitting where you didn't think it was going to hit and like it's and really you dope. That, that, ooh every now and then you know yeah. what I mean? It's like <laughs> oh like even you who made it don't even know what's about to happen. Yeah, so, uh, Ali, right. so that's something that for me is really special because I've been doing that with the Octatrack where mm. I'm cre creating a loop and then that probability, man, it's just like, yep. Mm -hmm. it, that was it, one it, of the reasons why I went modular to begin with um, was because I wanted happy accidents and I had been working in software and whatnot. And I found that like I was missing some of the happy accident stuff that I love so much. So I was like, yo, I really want to start programming some rhythms with happy accidents again. And that's where, like, things, like, I've got certain Eurorack modules that are specifically geared towards giving me happy accidents. Um, the, uh, what is it called? The Trigger Riot. That's, oh, like, yeah, my that's number great. one. Um, man, I'll send, I won't use it as, like, my primary sequencer, but mm -hmm. what I'll do is I'll send it a clock or I'll send it some triggers from my main sequencers and my main rhythm sequencers so that it's 
getting the information and it can just spit out probability stuff. You That's know? Right, right. And you have so many outputs on it that can give you different probabilities and, you know, different rhythms and different gate lengths and all that kind of stuff that, um, it allows you to get some really cool things and it's just never repeating, you know, like, it, it, and, and yeah. if you want it to be more like constrained, you can make it constrained too, you know? So yeah. I've been kind of, I've been kind of using the uh, Mystic Circuits Anna and Tree to kind of uh, achieve the same type of stuff that you're talking about. Just, uh, you know, the the changing and it, it can be you can have it repetitive to a point, but also every so often it'll introduce a new element. in. you know what I mean? I uh, I've been doing that with uh, voltage block where instead of clocking it by a regular gate, I've been clocking it with a sample and hold. Mm, that's dope. Uh, so the, whatever I modulate on the, you know, on everything, on every fader on there, it's being clocked differently every time the sample and hold. Yeah. Different rate. So now it's literally giving me like different modulation every time it cycles. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll send a sloppy ass clock from Pam to it, uh, to voltage block also. Yeah. And it'll... Something. Yeah, it'll 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 give some real dope stuff. So, man, yeah, that's see, that's the thing, man. So, so think about this, right? If you send an on-time gate, right, and then, all right, so you know, your if you have your voltage block clocked with a sloppy clock, right, mm -hmm. and then you also have a gate <laughs> with a sloppy clock, and then. Uh, you have your gate being sent out, like triggering your envelope, but the envelope is on time. Yeah. You'll get these little like exactly. microseconds of it changing inside of that same gate. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like the yeah. notes changing in that gate and it sounds really dope sometimes. No, definitely. And that's the kind of stuff that gives that human kind of vibe to. Yeah. To like it gives like like a, a drunk, a drunk drummer kind of vibe or yeah. like. Yeah, that's that stuff is really, really, really cool. That's that's the stuff that actually really intrigues me when it comes to a couple things. When it comes to mo modular uh, Eurorack stuff, approaching it from a musical perspective uh, and approaching it from a human perspective, the human control in the machine, yeah. rather than the machine dictating. You know what I mean? Everything. Yep. You know what I mean? And once you start getting into that stuff, I think that's where, like, you could really have some fun in your studio and stuff gets magical easily, real quick. I, I, yeah. think, I think for me, that's kind of a struggle, though, Corey, because um, it's part of what frustrates me with modular, where as a musician, I can play stuff the way that I hear it. Yeah. When it gets to modular, I'm like, now nah, I got to do a whole math equation in order to get to the <laughs> and a bunch off. of tricks, right? Yeah, but but D, this is how I look at it, right? Negative. This is how I look at it. When I'm touching the modular, I'm trying to come up with stuff that I wouldn't play. Yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, I feel you. I you know I, that's kind of how. Definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with you. But what's tough for me is in the in the midst of orchestrating something, and I'll say, well, at bar nine. I want I want to do this. Right, right, right. Like yeah. Modular. Then you have to come up with a whole mess of wires to make that happen. Exactly. It's just like, right, bro, right. I'm like, it just took me 45 minutes to program a hi-hat on bar nine. Yeah, that's that's hundred percent one of the um one of my gripes with a lot of the modular stuff is even the really good modular sequencers, um 
it, it feels like a real chore to do a proper song mode in them, right? Like it mm-hmm. feels like a chore to, to really properly set up a nice progression all the way through a song and have it all kind of resolve and everything, right? Yeah. Um, that's why I so use my MPC most of the time. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I was just me, barking up that tree. I like using the sequencers of the modular for, you know, the shorter clips. But I prefer to then sample that into the MPC and then yep. arrange in the MPC or arrange in whatever else you're using. It doesn't, it doesn't right. have to be an MPC, just a, a proper arranger, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. the truth is, is like the vast majority of these things just don't do arrangement that well, you know? And most of them are locked in the grid all the time. And- locked in the grid. And, and on top of that, um, even the ones that give you a lot of flexibility there... It's like it, it's not an intuitive, yeah, inspiring not. method of programming. You know, right. it's yeah, like, that, that's it's like I... nerd seek or something like that, where yeah. it's like a tracker or like you have to like dive into these little tiny menus because you're in a euro rack also. So, mm-hmm. so there is that limitation as as far as form factor. But it's like honestly, even the the external units, uh, Beatstep Pro. Uh, what's what's the other one? Um, is it Pioneer that makes the squid? Uh, you know, like yeah. these external ones that are geared towards modular, the vast majority of those don't have that many outputs. I mean, some of them have a lot of outputs, but even still, it's like you might have a lot of drum outputs. So you get like eight drum outputs you don't have and CD, then you might you have, have like four, four melodic tracks. Yeah. But man, as far as sequencing is concerned, there's still huge room in the market, in my opinion, to do a proper like collect it all together proper sequencer and you can electron talk about like are you listening line. electron yeah that's electron, true they do, they do that but i just want to say just like uh uh ali just said that that's why for me using my force or him with his live and with Eurorack, it gives me the best of both for that's why i've always done it that way because there's some things i'm just not even going to tackle there's there's some things that i've done on uh this guy that like i i could patch up a bunch of stuff just to get gate delays and proper <coughs> and proper groove. But the fact of the matter is, do you want to go through that? That may be some no, stuff. No. Right. I want to make music, bro. Music. So the balance is to have this paired up with something like that. Exactly. Like that. And that's what I do. That's what I do with my live also. But even then, I still find like there's this there's this thing where I feel like processors and all that kind of stuff and, and steel's gonna hate me for saying this stuff oh no, i will never hate you <laughs> this is this is the stuff that that gets to me as like somebody who's been making music for a long time with music tech and with the thought of like oh you could do this in the future well we're in the future now yeah. opinion, right like we have the processing power to do this we've got the cheap enough parts to do this I look at things like NPCs, rhythms, you know, like when I see like a new drum machine that comes out that's supposed to be a flagship drum machine, my first thought, though it may be wrong, my first thought is, oh, that could be a centerpiece sequencer also for the rest of my rig. And oftentimes it's not. Like they don't go there. With that's it. not how they build stuff, Ken. It, I know, but <laughs> what I'm saying is that they can now. Like it's, there's. For the longest time, people have been asking for this, like, centerpiece solution. Yeah. And then the computer came along to where, like, machine and the doll and everything kind of took hold. And that makes sense for a lot of reasons. 
However, the standalone field still has a very valid situation. Yeah. And it just no one has really fully utilized it. The closest thing is probably the NPCs at the standalone NPCs at this yeah. point. And even them, like there's a lot of improvements that could be made there. I think they're doing yeah. great work. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. They're yeah. Doing fantastic work. The, um... But I don't think that any of these companies are going into it with the thought of centerpiece sequencer for everything first. And, I mean, and look, the newer NPCs a... are like a hundred percent telling you that they're not that because of how they rearrange their MIDI. Like, well, there's so much, there's so much that I could use on my NPC live to help me do stuff. There's yeah. so many little things that should be there that aren't there. Right. Yeah, but yeah, at the end of the day, shift in focus at the end of the day, it's like, all right, they're not there, but this is what gets me the closest to what I need to be doing and makes yeah. it the easiest for me to, within an hour, to have a complete composition done. You know we're what I mean? Way, and and, and just like D still said, if I want a hi-hat on, 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 uh, on bar nine, I can do that right in my MPC, just yeah. using my MPC and the mutant brain. And I can say, okay, I want to trigger the black noir on, yep. on bar nine. Yep. It yep. makes it easy for me to do that. And you know, and, you know yeah, Ali, what's, what's really interesting, you're bringing that up because samplers have really helped us. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. they really, they yeah. really helped. And it's, it's interesting that coming from the culture that we come from, like a lot of hip hop culture, we basically, can do anything we want because of samplers. Like yeah. we can make any style of music we want. Yeah, I 100% like, I There's agree. no, there's, there's actually no limit to what we can do. Yep. I'm samplers. I'm so like, unless you can't tune. Oh yeah, unless you can't. <laughs> unless you because can't it's tune. like, look, check this out. You record, say you record something that you like that, that you, uh, you know, you built a patch on the Euro rack you record it into your nebulae or your morphogene or whatever it may be, right? Mm -hmm. And then you slow that down, it sounds totally different yeah. from what you, yeah. you know, or, you know, it's yeah. just crazy. All day. All day. It'll take you in a whole different direction if you yeah. just sample that in and just adjust it a bit. And then it just, it's a well, whole different also, thing. That's also a big part of like uh, what I know I do. I know all of us do that. Like, and it's a big part of it. One, because we come from the sampling kind of arena. And then, so when I approached Modular, that's a big thing when I started getting into whether I had a sample in a rack or not, because I've always had like the MPC or something with the Modular. To be able to sample that stuff, slow it down and flip it and chop it the same way we would with a record. I mean, it becomes, yeah. you, you lean in on those same basic skill sets that you learn when you first start making beats, you know what yeah. I mean? So Corey, it can yeah. transform anything. Corey, here's what I'll tell you right now, and I, and I, and y'all can kill me, but... Well, for my mod bat music, I am not sequencing it on no modular, right? I'm, yeah, ain't no I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, like, yo, I'm creating all the sounds. Look, I'm creating mod, I'm creating, creating all the sounds on modular. But you better believe I'm a sample every kick, every snare, every, That's snare, right. That's every bass sound, and then I'm gonna play it out on a sequencer or on a sampler because, like, right. I do, I, mean, I do that a lot. I, that's a large piece of what I do. I just happen to blend the two when I play live. Oh, no, of course. But, but yeah, you I, know what I mean? I haven't actually been doing that lately, but I think my setup allows for that because I got mm -hmm. the MPC, the Mutant Brain, and then Pam's new workout, and everything's running the same clock. So I could yeah. be running the ER, 
ER101. I could be running a channel out of voltage block. I can be using all it and like two more channels out of the MPC. So I might be using like one channel of the voltage block, one channel of ER101, and then like two channels on the MPC live. You know what I'm saying? And that'll be my beat. And then what I'll do is I'll just bring up bring up the MPC on my computer and just hit record. And then I record like a 32 bar, 64 bar, whatever I want of everything. And yep. like say bar, I, I, I let bar, uh, you know, one to 16 play out just normally. And then after 16, I'll start making some changes with the filters and all of that stuff. I'll kind of have it planned yep. out before. Right. And then, you know, after the next 16, I'll do some other stuff and yeah. then I'll take it into the DAW and arrange it. Yeah. Corey, you know what, what I was, uh, what was troubling me last night, why the NPCs don't have unified lanes of sequencing when it comes to CV and gate. So like, for instance, you know how on MPC you have to assign a CV out and then you have to go and then assign a gate out and they're yeah. two different things. Mm -hmm. Why, why wouldn't they just make it like one, uh, an actual channel that, that sends CV and gate, and gate. out of different, it's coming out of different sockets, yeah. but you can sequence it on the same channel, on the same channel because oh. for instance, I still like to have 808s. Let's just say we make an 808 on our, on our module, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have to send two separate, uh, we don't have to sequence two separate things on the MPC. Wait, gate. so you have to, you have, you have to use two separate channels? No, I want to be able to see both on the MPC, like at the same oh, time. Oh, okay, okay. I because right now it's like it's that track view where you have to kind of assign the separate. I, I want to be able to see it on the piano roll together, like yeah. right, yeah, right, and, and stuff like that. It's like for people that aren't really into modular sequencing, the MPC could help for people to visualize how this stuff is actually working. Or, and especially the, the being the bridge between a large, large part of the hip hop community and the modular community, like MPC ain't got no tuner. No shame. Like, like bro, when when I'm bringing in modular, like that should be one of the effects that you put in. Yeah, just go throw on a channel and now and be you able to see it. Later, yeah. Bro, Imagine, you know, imagine if you could tune your oscillators right from the MPC. Brilliant. Like, yeah, that'll be I dope. Totally agree. I could go a step further with that because you, you're thinking small right there. All right. So I'm going to take it a whole nother step. All right. So here's, here's the easier. And this is this is the forward thinking way for the modern the modern studio. OK, let's face it. CV is back. MIDI is still here also. If we're going to have it, why not integrate it properly? So if if I'm using a digital device to send CV, right, all you have to do is send the audio back to the device, right? Hit tune, and it should be able to scale your CV directly to that oscillator yeah. so that you don't even have to touch the oscillator to tune it. It will scale your CV properly, yeah. right? This is technology that already exists, but they're not implementing any of this kind of stuff and it's not even stuff that takes a lot of processing power to do that oh no i agree with you and that's why i always end up in ableton using cv tools in order to get my stuff <laughs> no doubt no doubt <clears throat> hey you know what uh hayes green said everyone needs a tuner next to modular anyway i think at this point most people have something like data 
Well, our phones all, and our phones have our, stuff. Yeah, yeah. our phones have tuners, so we're good. I just use my phone, phone That's what I use. or my ear. I mean, look, a lot of the times I don't even tune my oscillator, bro. Like, I'll just fu- all right. Say I'm using voltage block, right, and I'm making a sequence out of voltage block. I'll just hook something up. I'll like shake the slider like a DJ or something and make something crazy and it sounds cool and I'm like, all right, mm, turn the tune yep. of the oscillator down. Oh, I like it right there. And then I'll add something else and then just tune it right to that. You know, just it's that ear. Ali, Ali, that's that's Ali. exactly what I was Ali saying Ali earlier. That's exactly what I was saying earlier though. Is there <laughs> see you're able to do that, right? And and you're not tuning to a direct pitch. You're not tuning to anything specific but your ear is there to, to, tell to you be able that to find what's pleasant, are, right? Yeah, right? And that's what I was talking about earlier is that there's a lot of people who, even if you're not necessarily tuning to a specific pitch, you're still kind of keeping everything in tune because you're 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 thinking in a cohesive manner about your song and your structure, right? And a lot of people don't have that ability. Like there are people out there, I'm not going to name names, but I got people on Instagram that I follow and follow me. And everyone, every single time they post a beat, I'm like, how do they not hear that this is so far out that it's like, it's not, it's not like, oh, it's sloppy and cool and funky. It's like, nah, it's, ow! It's, <laughs> who you call it a pitch? <laughs> who you call it a pitch? <laughs> oh, that's <just> ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Yo. Honestly, man, it gets yeah, tough. Though, really like, but here's where it's oh. tough. It's like if your stuff is not in tune, then like uh, when you want to play guitar to it, now you got to figure out how to tune drop tune your guitar. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and now you got to figure out how to tune your bass. And you know, when traditional instruments mix with modular, that's why you got to be in tune because you got to yeah. kind of like be able to Yo. play along with that joint. Funny story. We got this little ukulele, right? Mm-hmm. And I tuned it the other day, and I just, you know, I didn't tune it to, I was just messing around. You know what I mean? I didn't tune it to anything specific. But how I tuned it, it sounded like a really cool, dope-ass Hawaiian melody, right? Like, mm-hmm. I could just strum in it, and it sounded really good, right? Man, I was playing with this thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take this down and sample it. So I, I left it. I went out to the store or something, came back. Man, my son had retuned that joint. I was so mad. <laughs> so mad. I was like, I'm gonna put this in the morphogene, and this is gonna be so dope. And that came your back son and was like, "Hey, daddy, I changed the preset." <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious. He was like, mm. I'm like what? I was like, "Yo, there's no getting that back," because I don't even know what I did. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Man, kids. Kids be tough. Yo, I I got one for you. Um, So I know that I myself have been extra busy during this whole time. So, but I know that most people have been kind of confined to their homes and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. We are like kind of the exception to the rule because we're all like, we got home studios and we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, what? I have to stay inside? 
Oh, so yeah. bad. What shall I do? Oh dear. You mean I don't right. have to go to the mall? Look, look, we're like, I've been training for this for years. <laughs> right. How have you been handling the rest of your family in your house during this time? Because me personally, like my wife and my kids are going nuts. Oh my see, there's my kid sure. right now. <laughs> They're going nuts, and I'm like, literally, you, you see this? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Ollie Clyde man busting with the dog. Right. Here with a pop gun, like, <laughs> all right, get out of here, skedaddle, even. Ken over there raising a militia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a show on a showtime. Raising the militia. <laughs> That's wild. Man, my wife, my wife is working right now. She's on the other side of this wall in, uh, in her kitchen office. Yeah. That's why I haven't been able to play drums during the week because she's always on like Zoom calls and going. Yeah, that's that sounds like my life right now, man. I've been extra busy. That's why I've been posting on IG or doing nothing. I've just been like super busy. And then when I'm when I'm done, it's like uh, you know, spend some time with the family kids because they're bored. They're like, Oh, what are we gonna do, Daddy? I'm bored. I'm like, I don't know, we can't go nowhere. You want to get COVID? Nah. So, you know, That's we can go I, fly a kite or something, and then they looking at me like, fly a kite? I'll be on IG Live at 5 yo, yo, my man said Ken's a doomsday synth prepper. <laughs> Honestly, I was watching some YouTube video on some dude who had built like a, um, he built like a bunker in his backyard, and I was thinking like, that would be such a dope second level to my studio. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you gotta keep working on that first level, though, Ken. I do want to synth shit. Oh, I do, man. I, matter of fact, I was just talking to a buddy today about some, the acoustic treatment. So, oh, that's awesome. It's it's on the way, man. It's on the way. That's great. But yo, I wanted to um, I wanted to show you this, Corey, what? because you got your beat cam set up, and you know I I hate being outdone. Ken, you a jealous mofo, yo. I am. I am. I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to keep up, but yeah, I got this thing right here. There it is. Hold on, let me, let me, let me use. He got to walk ten feet away, though. He got to walk all the way. In Hold the back. on, I got to, I got to walk a couple, of, a couple of hundred yards. Somebody get but, this man some lights. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, see, I got that on the app because I'm fancy. <laughs> but yeah, check this out, right? So oh, the three hundred one. I got this thing, right? Yep. And we were talking about happy accidents. So check this out, right? This thing. So this is doing all the drum sequencing for this, right? This dude need a wireless lab. Right? So I can do. I can change it up like this. I see what you did there, but oh, I don't know wait. what you did there. Wait, so you, you got pattern switching on that joint. So how many lanes of that can you send out? All right, hold on. Let me uh, switch my switch my crap back over so I can have my Now you got to go another 10 feet back to the other side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo Kent's going to lose 40 pounds just trying to... Just running around. Yeah, just trying to tune oscillators. He's going to lose 
40 pounds just trying to tune oscillators. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, point being, like, so so I'm able to, I'm sequencing my ER301 as a drum machine from the Keystep Pro, but then I can on the fly switch between the direction of the sequencer on the Keystep Pro, That's going dope. from, like, random to forward oh, to reverse to pendulum, and using that, to sequence the drums so it gives you all these happy accidents and you do it on the fly and then of course sample that joint in ken how many uh gates were you sending to the er301 right now uh actually well that's that's the funny thing is i'm not sending gates to it i'm sending technically i'm sending one but okay. um i'm sending cv because i'm chopping oh, so oh, if you're chopping a sample you're not those are not individual yeah uh, so, so okay. if i do this right i'm all the way back here now <laughs> <laughs> So this is this is the individual chops, right? Ali over there chopping. Yeah, he chopping literally. He look at ominous too. You see? Hold on. That's so dope. I'm playing that by hand right now. Ken, hey Ken, why don't you uh, why don't you set it up? And this is just a suggestion. Set it up in a way where you're kicking your snare on one gate. And your hi hat would be maybe on another gate, so that way you can get polyphony. So the reason why I have it this way is because what I'm doing is I'm allowing it to cut itself off and glitch. So okay. like if you turn, if you if you go random and then you turn it up and ratchet, then you'll get that kind of stutter effect. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was doing with with this particular set because I actually have, um, I have two different sets of drums going. So like. Right, right there. It was just. Let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> Slides one million feet out the frame. Yo, you're too. I funny. got analog drums and I got the sample going at the same time, and I'm gonna mute the two. All from fifty feet away. <laughs> That's dope, Ken. That's, That's really dope. So that's analog drums, but I'm, I'm putting them through a wave folder that's an ER301, and then I'm rectifying it as well. Somebody needs to rectify your feet. You rectify right. it with the black pipe. Okay. And see, that's the sample chop. That's dope. And that's the Delta Sep A because it's Yo, sexy Ken, as hell. Ken, we got to get you one of those, um, one of those uh, 360 wheelchairs. The joint thing, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The joint thing, you just be like, just roll around. <laughs> I think I have a stuck gate. Oh, man, that's so or, or, you are one of them automatic jumps, you know, how you installed it in your home for your, your grandpa or something oh, yeah, that goes yeah. up the stairs. No, if you could put, like, Eurorack all the way across the stairway wall so that yeah. I could just be patching like, as I'm going up the stairs. Like, hold on. Let me 
<laughs> it gives oh, me wow, meaning to yeah. studio automation. Yeah. <laughs> My point being, that's how I get a lot of happy accidents, and that's I, I like happy accidents oh, for creativity. Like yeah, I feel Ken, that Ken is gonna uh, automate his granny lift while getting work done. You know, because I'm I'm testing that stuff, so I'm like looking for flaws and that kind of thing. Yo, I just want to uh, mention this right quick. <clears throat> Yo, I'm doing this new artist interview series, and I interviewed D. Still, and I interviewed the '80s Babies, and uh, I got. Oh, I didn't see the '80s Babies one yet. Yeah, then I, I, I that's up already. Then I got DJ Bless and um, a couple other folks coming up next week. Word. Oh, that's so. exciting. What's up? What's up? We're going to do that Ali the Architect? Uh? Yeah, let's get that Ali the Architect joint. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, you man. already know I'm down. Well, I'm trying I got to watch the 80s babies. I did, I seen the D-Steel joint. I'm trying Yo, to I got to say, that 80s babies uh, new album, Unlearn, it's it's pretty dope, yo. I'm, I'm so impressed with it. <laughs> like, it's... You you know you listen to some projects and everything is on point. And the right. fact that I know them and I've remember since back to their first album, I mean the mix is on point, the mastering is on point, the creativity is on another level, uh, the lyricism, all that stuff is like really really on point. So I'm just advising everybody that don't know the '80s babies, go check this out, and then go listen to this album, unlearn. Uh, You'll you'll thank me later. Trust me. Yeah. Hey, Corey, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to do a little can't extra. Can you go one of those beach towels then? Oh my bad. Hey, Corey, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna have to jump off soon, man. I gotta uh, I gotta take care of something. Cool. It's all good, man. Hey, that's, I think we've cool run about an hour. My dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've gone for about an hour. I think it's been a good show, man. Anybody got anything they want to say in closing before we get out of here? Um, rest in peace, Gary Gnu. Yeah, rest in peace, rest Gary, Gary Gnu. Um, also, if you, if y'all need some drums, if you go to my, if you go to my IG page in the bio of my IG page, you can purchase this cool drum kit that I just put out to share with people. Um, that's it. And msxaudio.com. Is that you know, the, is that the, my Instagram? Yeah. Drums? Yeah. My IG drums. Can I just do a quick little? Here's, I'm just gonna do this just because. See it. These are the drums that I'm using here. Is this on the beat cam? Yep. I should have my horse soon. Yeah, these drums are just crazy. These are the the uh, these my Instagram beat tape drums. I need to go to his IG and get those. Hey Ken, before I forget, whenever you get a chance, go check out that Waldorf Quantum upgrade that just came out. You know what? I, I kind of want to hit you in the face right now because I, I'm the one who broke the news and posted that on fluxwithit.com, but nobody wants to go to my website because it's great. 
No, nah, I just haven't been on. I haven't been Ooh, online. So you should probably right change now. that color. <laughs> yeah, you should change my color. No, nah, it's all good. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I posted all the information for that. Like, oh, dope, dope, a dope, while dope. back. So I, I'm gonna pick your brain later on thoughts on those up on those upgrades. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I know. I have lots of thoughts about the quantum, and um, I've been selling gear, but that's not. <laughs> yeah, the quantum, you gotta sell your car. Yeah. It's really honestly like I was looking at used prices, and I found one for like thirty five hundred bucks. And I'm like, I'm actually willing to pay that. Now, here's the problem: is that that ain't much different than I, what it is anyway, though, right? They're like four forty two, something like that. Okay, um, no, that's not bad. But regardless, like, I'm kind of um, if I'm if I'm honest, I really every single time that I've used one in person, I walked away from it like, meh, I don't really need it. Like every single time. And and I want to like it because on paper, it's like my perfect synth. And then every time I use it, I'm left feeling kind of uninspired and like, wow, the filters don't do it for me. And the method of programming didn't really do it for me. And which is really weird. So I kind of feel like I need to own one and then decide. And then like, so probably own one. Then, you so. just want to own one. <laughs> yeah. Ken, Ken wants two of everything. Of course. No, I only want two of everything that's good. Like, I want two ER301s. I want less of uh, my rhythms. And, uh, no, I'm kidding. I've don't, actually don't, grown to kind of... Kind don't of make me rhythm. talk about the 10 gigs of samples we have of that shitty drum machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Let me tell you about that real quick. Real quick. Before we go off the air, let me tell you about that. Literally today I was using them. Today. Like, for real. Hold on. Check it out. Right here. Look. Right here. And look, it's on battery power and everything. It's powered up and everything. Yeah. Yo, today, I was rocking those same samples. Like, man, I processed the crap out of them. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, this is going somewhere. I'm going to zoom Hold in. Hold on now. Hold on. Where, where's the... Here it is. Look. I don't know if this is plugged up or not because I've been changing things around all over the place. So I don't know what this is going to. Um, uh, oh, we don't have sound. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta, I gotta throw this into here because I've been processing my MPC through the ER three hundred one. So hold on. <laughs> this is, this is like Mad TV right now. Uh, mad. I told you Ken was our balcony. Yeah, yeah. Balky was in the place to be. Balky beats. Yo, this is those samples, man. So I did like 500 samples of that horrible ass drum machine. And. Why'd you do 500 samples, though? Yeah, so I, I manipulated the hell out of them and turned them into the. Uh, what do you call it? Yeah, so that's the Tomcat. <laughs> 500 samples of the Tomcat? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I went in. Yo, you don't want to know how many I did of the Rhythm Wolf. <laughs> oh, my God, yo. <laughs> I never heard such a thing. I did. <laughs> yo, I did. I did. Hold on. I, I pull up the... I put it... So, here's the thing. is For some reason, I imported them all to my MPC. Right, I sampled every single knob position of and every combination of every knob position on the Rhythm Wolf and on the Tomcat. 
So, and on the Tomcat, you know, you got that FM drum. So there was a lot of them that I had to do. But I sampled every single one. And it wasn't for a job. I just did it. <laughs> you lost me so long ago. <laughs> but, yeah, but then I imported them all to the MPC. Like, I got them all on this drive on the MPC, and I never touched them. And then today I was like, you don't touch use them. them. <laughs> I had to process the shit out of them, though. Well, guys, I gotta, I gotta run. But yeah, I was about to I say, I gotta run too. Guys, have a blessed day. I'll talk to you guys later on the polo. I'll see you in a bit. All right, All right. peace out. Peace. Go out and buy yourself a Tomcat. No. Before before I go, I just want to uh, say, yo, go to the beatpeople.com. Go to the website, beatpeople.com. Check out this new layers kit. Here's what's dope about the layers kit, and I'll probably demo it on a live stream here shortly. But the idea of the layers kit, it's uh, um, the DRM1 analog drum machine, and there's 32 pads of this Not kit. a Tomcat. Not a Tomcat. A really good drum machine. There's 32 pads, and, and so... The, the each pad has four layers in the MPC or the four. So if you have that, but all of these samples, 128 samples, it's four layers per pad with 32 pads. And, uh, you know, it kind of cycles through the, the drums and they're all kind of related sounds per pad. So it cycles through the drums. So it's more of a dynamic analog drum kit for your MPC or for, and also the Ableton uh, drum rack is also included as well. So yeah, it's a really dope kit. It's heavy, it's strong, and um, actually, I wish I could play uh, Upright's demo because it's a really dope demo. But yeah, go there, check it out, and uh, yeah, you got anything, Ken? Um, you know what? I'm probably gonna put out a free Tomcat sample pack this week. <laughs> I'm really not even kidding. <laughs> Wait, man, well, you didn't done the work now. I'll put out. A, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna put out a free sample pack this weekend, but I'm also gonna put out um, another sample pack that will be pay. Um, both are gonna be usable. Both are gonna be dope, and both will probably be. You know, like I'll probably put a lot more samples in the paid one, just because like I want people to get their money's worth whenever I do anything and. Steel will fully criti criticize me and ridicule me for the fact that I put way too many samples in my packs. But anyway, I'm gonna. Uh, I have an idea for a sample Lots pack that I really wanted to put out, so I'm gonna do it this <clears throat> weekend and put it out this weekend. Um, and it'll be it'll be in it'll be in waveform. Like I might um, I might do some kits for different uh, maybe for like MPC and machine. I'm not sure, but I'll put it out this weekend. So probably by the end of Sunday, just check shop.fluxwithit.com and you'll find um, another free kit like I've already got some free kits up there but you'll find another free kit and I'll have a new pay kit that will be worth the money and then some yo and one question about this uh, this this kit here that I wanted to answer the question is does the Ableton drum rack cycle like the MPC yes it does and yep. so um yeah i got a shout out to my man uh mike check for hooking that up for me but <clears throat> so i'm gonna update the package with the ableton rack that samples that cycles too so anybody that's bought it will get the update and anybody that's gonna buy it will obviously get that with the you know the raw samples as a you know uh compatible so with it's npc and force one right yeah, it's an MPC expansion as, you know, obviously we'll work on the Force and the MPC, but then I also got the same thing, the drum rack set up for it, for Ableton Live. But if you don't have any of that stuff, or you just got some other sampler, all good, 
because all of the 128 samples are there. So it's, it's good content no matter what. So yeah, check that out. And here's a, here's a pro tip. Go to uh, the Beat People IG page. That's just uh, Instagram.com slash Beat People, B-E-A-T-P-P-L. And you'll find the code for 10 or 15% off. Go now. Right. <laughs> no doubt. And uh, yeah, that's what's up. Thank you all for watching. Peace. Please come again.